0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm super excited to come to you today, Monday, July 11th. Why does that matter? Well, we're covering drum corps right now. We're in the midst of the first competitive drum corps season since 2019. And I want to kind of take a different approach than some past episodes and look at where things are kind of happening competitively. Um, You know, right now, cores are traveling in their respective sort of tour routes. So we see a lot of cores kind of in different areas of the country, whether it be the East Coast or the Southeast, um, a lot of cores in the Midwest as well as the West Coast. So we see similar groups of cores kind of competing night to night. So we'll get a sense looking at some of the competitions of where these cores are at. Um, but by no means would I say that I am going to compare numbers from one show to another in the same night or or even really night to night for a single core. Um, I think the numbers are more useful as a representation of one single given night, um, being able to obviously look at the rank, um, look at the sub captions, and then um, most important is is the spreads, possibly, where we're kind of getting an understanding of how much room is around a given core competitively and what that means. Judges leaving room for other cores to be in between, or is it only like three or four-tenths? Three and under, specifically meaning things could flip at any point. So I'm going to do my best to sort of stay true to that, because I think we get trapped sort of trying to compare numbers across multiple shows or like over time. And like, that's not always the most helpful because the numbers don't really progress in a, in a linear way. Um, I also had, you know, the pleasure of going to Clifton, New Jersey this weekend for the drum corps associates show for people who don't know that is the all age circuit. That's where I came up. Um, I marched the Connecticut hurricanes for five years. um, And that is where I currently Am working as a program coordinator in the Battery Rangers, so I got to hang out with the Hurricanes all weekend. Got to check out the show. Also got to check out a little bit of the Bushwhackers, the Caballeros, and the Reading Buccaneers. Um, and I can definitely tell you, drum corps is alive and well, even at the all-age level. Um, I think some of the cores have taken a hit with their size, certainly, but the quality of what's getting put out, I would say, is improved. From 2019, which is super cool, because I think people sort of look down on DCA, but I can tell you, you know, I, I got my start there 100%. And a lot of people I marched with went on to not only March DCI, March WGI, but also teach an activity or design the activity. So it's a really valid place to, to start. And it was really cool to just check in with DCA. And I think it's been really informative to have a a small hand in the pop with Drum Corps Associates, which with the all age thing, um, because it's always running parallel to DCI and it kind of informs each other. Cause I think DCA, DCA has a lot of people that are before the DCI experience, but also there's individuals that go back when they're a little bit older that want to still participate in drum corps, um, kind of post their DCI experience. So it's it's interesting. It's always cool to check in with that. And it was definitely informative. So um, last thing we're going to hit today. um, Well, I'll say this. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about today is just a few of the shows that I checked out between last week and this week's episode. Um, A couple more shows are coming out um, on YouTube, on Flow, just things are trickling out. And uh, I wanted to check those out and give you kind of my thought process on what I saw for a few of these programs that we maybe didn't discuss on the previous episode. Um, And then we're going to close things out here with Rick Subal, the Artistic Director of Carolina Crown, to uh, discuss Crown season so far. So um, that was a really fun conversation to have with Rick. So first thing I want to do is jump into some of these Recent shows for the last three days, starting with Crown Beat down in Lexington, South Carolina. So at Crown Beat, I'll jump to the overall scores first, and then I will go through and just check out a few of the uh, ways that the subcaption shook out. But we had Carolina Crown coming in first with an 81.850. We had the Boston Crusaders coming in second place with an 80850, so a full point. The Cadets coming in third with a 76.900. The Crossman coming in fourth with a 73.200. And the Music City Drum Corps coming in fifth with a 68.350. So that's kind of how things shook out. Crown, Boston Cadets, Crossman, Music City in short. So when you go down this recap, the reads and the narrative are extremely consistent. It is almost totally uh, the exact same rank order in every single subcaption, the only two that are not the exact same are between Crown and Boston's Color Guards. Boston took first in Color Guard with a 16-3. Crown took second with a 16-2. So one-tenth between them overall. Um, So that tells you they could flip any night. And that is a great sign for Crown because Boston has one color guard in the past few years. They have Crown's old guard staff who won guard at Crown. uh, I believe it was 2016 that they won with Relentless. Um, So, you know, Crown has been finding themselves with a couple different uh, areas, different leaders in that guard caption. I think they are finding their swing. And if you look in the sub captions, Crown took second in content, but first in achievement. And then they took, uh, Boston took first in content by two tenths um, and actually got second in achievement by one tenth. So, all in all, it's super tight between them. And that does tell you Crown's guard could beat Boston's at the end, um, at least as of this date, which I believe this was the ninth. The other area to take a look at in this show's subcaptions are percussion. So uh, Boston actually took first in percussion with an eight, uh, 8.2 in content and 8.1 in achievement and a 16.3 overall. And Crown took second in percussion with an 18.1 in content. That's one-tenth different a 7-9 uh, in achievement that's two tenths different and a 16 overall with three tenths in between and again with the three tenths i think you could say that that could flip any night um when you look at these type of numbers uh you can also look to who is judging and their taste because all judges do have taste we have chris romanowski judging Um, He's somewhat of an old school guy, um, I believe, from New York area. He now lives in Atlanta and he works with uh, Atlanta CV. Um, But he might be a little bit more into Boston's rudimental style. Um, They present things in a really straightforward way that is digestible on a first read, whereas Crown has a lot of different styles of music and metrically, and from a rudimental standpoint, it's a little bit more um, hybrid and it is potentially a little bit more complex for someone to take in in a first go. So um, three tenths, again, that's not anything to to freak out about for us crown fans such as myself Um but uh, that's kind of how things shook out. Otherwise, it, every other <laughs> caption is one, two, three, four, five, exactly how it shakes out in that total score, which, you know, is it happens that way. Sometimes um, it feels a little safe from my perspective that it all just ranks out exactly the same. I think a couple things of note here are the spreads in that total caption too. Crown in Boston. They're pretty tight with a point, but there's so much room in between even one point. What you should really be checking out is the spread between Boston and the cadets. They're four, about four points, a little bit less than four points between them. It's pretty big. Um, for me, that could be a cause of concern for the cadets. There's so much room. I mean, you could fit a lot of drum cores between a 769 and an 80.85. So I have not seen the cadets show. I know they're they're, they're kind of finding their identity with the new design leadership Um, And things have just moved around for them over the last couple of years. And, you know, the cores that you see succeed have really consistent design teams. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they traverse the season. I think the design team they have is capable. They're likely going to be changing a lot of the design, if I had to guess, just based on how they've done things. um, 2019, that if they're not happy with where things are at with the design, they will definitely change it. Um, and then from there, you know, looking at Crossman with uh, about a little, almost a four-point gap, more like three um, between them and Cadets, that's sort of same story there. So let's jump to the next show that we're going to take a look at. This is the same night um, of, of Crown Beat, but we are now in DeKalb, Illinois at the Tour of Champions, which is a show I'm, I think I've done myself. So, we're going to start again with the, the total numbers, and then we'll jump into any uh, of the, the recap stuff that's worth mentioning. In first place at this show, we've got Bluecoats with an 80.45. So, they've hit that box four. Next, we have Blue Stars with a 75.750. Then we have Phantom Regiment with a 73.60. We have the Colts with a 70.050. And then we have Madison Scouts in fifth with a 68.75. So let's go across this recap. I'm going to just check out, see if anything is wonky. Um, so far, it kind of looks straightforward in terms of how that overall rank shakes out. The Madison Scouts did beat the Colts in one side of the general effect sheet. We see Phantom Regiment actually received fifth in visual uh, proficiency from B. Mascaro. And then we have Colts, uh in third in visual proficiency and massive scouts in fourth. So there's actually some some you know good subcaption sort of integrity there. Um you know making a call, putting Phantom in last place in that show and visual proficiency. That's kind of what you like to see. When we go to visual analysis, we can see the Colts got fifth while the scouts got fourth. So that's flipped from that total. Same deal with brass. We've got Colts in fifth. And the mass and scouts in fourth, and then maybe the most notable thing that shook out from this show. When we look at percussion, we got the blue coats in first with a fifteen-five. We've got the blue stars in second with a fourteen-four. That is definitely substantial. One point one. I mean, there's so much room underneath that for other groups. So that's that's pretty substantial for them. Then we've got Phantom Regiment. We got third over all of the show, got fourth in percussion, with Colts coming in third in percussion by a tenth. Phantom got 14, and Colts got a 14-1. So that is definitely interesting. Um, I have not seen much of either group. I believe Mark Hunter and Sean Womack are the leadership team at Colts now. They are definitely a solid team, a lot of experience. And Phantom, we've still got Rob Ferguson, um, I don't know who's running the battery. I know James is more an ensemble coordinator role. Um, so those two are interesting. Colts beating Phantom and percussion, definitely um, a notable flip on that one. And then just, you know, to, to follow the formula, the last show that we covered, we got five points between the blue coats and the Blue Stars. Um, that you know tells you the blue coats are sitting in this top 3 type of area they're in box 4 and you know blue stars are a perennial finalist um but there's so much room with that 5 points and then there's another around a little bit less than two uh two points with phantom um, behind blue stars that could put them in 15th they could put them in 16th um and looking at scouts with this 6 8.75 i i struggle to see it. If, you know, if they can make finals uh, being this far from even Colts right now at a small show with only five. So um, definitely a lot to, to digest within that show. And the uh, the next and final show we want to check out is the DCI West show here in Stanford, California. This took place last night, July 10th. So, here in first place, we got Blue Devils with an 8 2.5. So, they are well into box five. Again, I would not compare Blue Coats 80 with their 82. If they went head to head, that could totally flip around. But what we can say is that both groups are in box five, or apologies, in box four. If I said box five before, that was uh, incorrect. They are both in box four. And let me run back actually to that first show with Crown Beat checking out where those two teams ended up. We got Crown and Boston in box four. And again, I don't necessarily want to start comparing, like splicing where things are at, but those four drum cores are in box four. So that's definitely worth mentioning because the boxes do mean something in terms of where the cores are at from a consistency standpoint. So we do have those cores, um, you know, Blue Devils, Boston, Crown, and Bluecoats all hitting box four. Back to DCI West. We have Santa Clara Vanguard in second with a 79.95. So super, super close, 0.05 from box four, not quite there. Then we've got the Mandarins in third with a 76.950. And last, we've got Pacific Crest in fourth with a 63.6. So let's check out the sub captions super quick. When I look across this, it's similar to the Crown Beach show. You're seeing one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, across the board for every single caption, except the one, you guessed it, percussion. So we've got some cool shakeups in the percussion. Like, you know, that's a good thing to see. It's healthy to see some of these sub captions being flipped around. In this instance, to no one's surprise, the Blue Devils came in second in percussion. They had 8-3 in content and 8 in achievement with a sixteen three overall. Where Vanguard got an 8.4 in content, one tenth higher, and 8.2 in achievement, two tenths higher, giving them a 16.6. That's three tenths. Again, that definitely tells you it could flip. But once Vanguard, you know, and, you know, Jeff Osdemore, um, great dude, by the way. Shout out Jeff, personal friend. He is a North Texas cat. He went there for, I believe his undergrad, possibly his master's. Don't want to misspeak. I know he went there for his undergrad. So he, you know, is within the sphere of Paul Rennick. He has an understanding of the idiom and the approach and style that Paul Rennick brings to the table as an arranger, whereas the Blue Devils might be a little bit different. They're stylistically about as different as it gets. Um So I'm not super surprised. I would have guessed that that did happen, um, knowing that Jeff was judging. Three-tenths, nothing too crazy there. Um, What I will say, looking at this total score, Vanguard overall is in trouble. And I'll talk more about this when we get into the design. But to have getting close to three full points between the Vanguard and Blue Devils, that is not necessarily boding well for the Vanguard. Um, I think right now, you know, if you look to the total rank, they're probably sitting somewhere in fifth. Um, actually, I think they're exactly sitting in fifth. Again, when we start ranking these numbers nationally, it can lead us down roads where we start believing things that aren't true because really the only way we're going to know where things are at or when these cores are competing each other, against each other head to head. But f- almost three points I think Vanguard is going to have a lot of work to do um, with what they're putting out there um, just with some different facets of, of what they're presenting right now. Um, so I, I don't want to go on a tangent with that. Cause I do, uh, I am going to cover that in a sec, but um, that is notable from a spread standpoint that Vanguard is sitting with almost three points ahead of them with the blue devils. There's, there's quite a bit of room. So um, that being said, let's, let's jump into some of the shows that I've checked out between the last episode and this one, um, things are leaking out, whether it be legally or illegally on YouTube, um, but I checked some of these programs out just to get a sense of where things are at. So we're going to start with blue coats. So the Blue Coat show is called Riffs and Revelations, which is is cool, and I think it makes sense um, in terms of the metaphor that the show is sort of centered around. Um, obviously, riffs. Uh, you know, we think of guitar riff and that really speaks to the music that they're choosing to play and the styles they're choosing to play. And then Revelations, obviously, sort of the idea of a, a realization happening, uh, life changes occurring and kind of growth through time. And, you know, when we talk about travel, um, you see there's a car actually in the, the show image. So there's this metaphor of like and the narrative itself. Is very much about this experience of traveling in a car, but I think there's there's sort of more depth to, um, you know, geographic travel, the travel of someone's life, maturity, that type of thing. The uh, quote that they put out on their socials was, "Wander with us as we travel through our minds and over the road on a journey to reveal who we really are." So I think I kind of nailed that if I'm going to be honest. So nice job. Um, I really like the color palette they're presenting with their props. Um, it's refreshing. It's sort of a sunset palette with purples and magentas. Um, and there's these fragments that tie everything together with the costuming. Um, I'm seeing various sort of reactions to their uniforms, which is exactly what happens every year, especially since about 2016, when blue coats did downside up and decided we all are going to change our uniforms every year. Um, so people are polarized on the blue coats uniforms. I wouldn't necessarily want to wear it, but I think from- up top it looks great in the lot situation with the drum line like yeah not my favorite for sure but it fits well within the palette of the show and that is what we're doing because we're not judging a lot we're judged on the field so um i think it makes sense as usual there's really smart people making these decisions and i think they made good decisions with the costume and the color palette it is heavily narrated the blue coat show is like a drum corps fan's nightmare from back in the day um which is interesting because the the era of the show is like late 70s or uh late 60s early 70s but like drum corps fans of that time are not gonna like how much vocals are in this um it's almost like a hunter s thompson fear and loathing uh johnny depp type of narration um if you haven't seen that movie it it is really heavily predicated on on that narrator who's also the main character. And I think they really maybe drew inspiration from that or or movies like that, books like that. Um, and I don't mind it, by the way. I don't mind the narration. I think it works. I think it's cool. I think they arrange the music around the narration in a way that's totally works. So I'm not at all complaining uh, about it. I just know people will complain. Um, There is definitely an electric Kool-Aid acid test sort of vibe with it. It's super psychedelic. This idea of journeying, you know, when you talk about psychedelics, a journey inward, I think that they are totally on the ball with what they are trying to capture overall with this layered metaphor of Riff's revelations and just a time period uh, of cultural revelation and change uh, heavily driven by um, sort of the LSD psychedelic period of the sixties and seventies and and that type of thing. And I love it. I think the blue coats are equipped to do it and they're doing it. And I think it's really, really cool. Um, And I get it at least. And I think people are going to just, I think people who aren't as maybe informed with the period or with the, um, sort of cultural wave behind it with Woodstock and things like that. I, you know, I think they're going to get it just for the playfulness and the fun and the it's not so serious. And I think that's really cool. So this is a blue coat show. It's very blue coats. They hit the era, the style, the approach, the movement, the vernacular, they go all out and they are doing that. And I think it's holistic and they're going to be contending in that top three um, along, in my opinion, with Carolina crown and the blue devils. As usual, Jim Moore and John Vanderkoff staging, drill, choreo integration. It's just all there. Um, props too. Like it's just it works together so seamlessly. It's just engineered in a way that there's just no friction. It's it's heavily lubricated from a design standpoint. Um, and the the props are just so innovative. I know they have. I think his name is Michael Rayford. Is their a theater designer and you can tell like they just know the right people in, in industries that aren't drum corps they have a moment with this mechanical car where the brass almost like limbos under it as it rolls over them and it's really really cool um one thing i'll say i'm afraid for their percussion because i don't think their battery is staged well enough for them to get the credit that they are going to need to be at that top top point um doesn't seem like their drill is staged as conducively to just win drums in the way that vanguards is or in the way that the blue devils have done in the way that crown is attempting and i think succeeding in doing so i am concerned um with the way that the the battery is staged so rips and revelations blue coats 2022 another super solid one from them maybe one of my favorites yet Um, so let's jump now to the blue stars. Um, I didn't know much at all about what this show is about. Um, I'm not sure that I do still, but I did check it out and I wanted to just get a sense of sort of the identity behind their show. The blue star show is called of war and peace. And, what I will say is just this is a serious show, serious drum War show. You can see it. There's, like, this very serious graphic that they're putting forward with this, you know, this curtain behind it and this font that feels, like, really, really serious. They're doing a lot of symphonic music, specifically by the Russian composer Sergei Prokofiev. Um, so that is going to have a very specific tone, which it does. It's a little militaristic you know, heavily Russian vibes. And I was like tempted to be like, is this like a political thing? But I don't think it is. I think they're just pulling from Tolstoy's novel, War and Peace, which I have never and will not read because it's like super thick and again, super serious. And I just, you know, I'm not sure that like, that's how I want to feel watching a drum corps show, but all good. Um few things with the Blue Stars, like the guard, as usual with Michael Shapiro, just like plays a huge role. They're good to me. It just seems like they're the best section in the core. And that's been the story with them over 10 years. So I think that's just like continued. Um, The show for me, pacing wise, just starts slow. And I I felt like the audience like just didn't have enough opportunities to respond. Like there's not a lot of moments where it's clear, like, all right, the idea is over. Clap next idea like things are flowing together in a way that i think the pacing and opening up moments and giving some moments breath would afford the audience time to respond to what they're doing um i think the brass is pretty good for the blue stars some strong moments some really interesting rhythmic motifs that pop through and i think that is a kind of uh output of the musical selections that they chose and it's intriguing and it it seems like their brass is is really strong this year um the video i watched is like a little bit far to side one and to be honest like the battery spends an inordinate amount of time inside two but it did not sound good but i i say that with the caveat that they have a new battery team and last year 2021 the like non-dci dci year um they were great rick barclay uh, is the arranger now at rcc younger guy and uh Blue Stars last year was like one of the best drum lines they've had since like Tom Unks was there, you know, like 2010 style. So, um, I don't want to misspeak and mischaracterize their percussion or their drum line. The video I saw wasn't very good, but don't worry about that. You know, they're going to be absolutely fine. Um, and you know, I think the team that they have there is good. So, this show is just serious. I just feel like it takes itself really seriously. And that's not exactly what I personally look for in a drum corps show, but I think. They'll have their fans, they'll have their alumni, and uh, they'll do their thing. So we will definitely see where that shakes out competitively. So now we're going to get to the the hot take of the day, I guess, or maybe not a hot take based on their 7-9 versus the Blue Devils 8-2. But let's jump to the Vanguard. So Vanguard's show this year is called Finding Nirvana, which I feel like this graphic and the font is like clearer than the actual show on the field. Like I look at this, I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. Like Buddhist, Eastern, Lotus flower, geometry, like these things that like really make sense. And there's like a clear style and entryway for it. Like this is a good idea. Okay. Um, So a few things about Finding Nirvana, like the staging, the choreo is amazing. Michael Gaines, Lauren Drizzlane, Michael Rosales, the, the choreo visual design team is lights out on the top level. Like I always talk about Michael Gaines. Like he knows, we all know, like I love his stuff. I was lucky to march his last few years at Cavaliers. Like if I had never seen framework, I probably would have never done drum corps. Like, He's just an icon, so that's it's, – it's good. I think what they're doing with that, I there's nothing to say bad about it. Um, you know, we've had this design team here in place for a few years now. I think ni- since 1918, 19- actually, Babylon year. For me, it's starting to feel really formulaic. Like, virtuosic, pit intro, Sandy Rennick, like, laying it down and, like, getting all the points. Big hit, battery segment. Brass interjections or trades, battery segment, brass idea, battery segment, full, pit idea, balladesque, brass over top, battery secondary, battery segment. Like I'm I only watching one time, but like, I feel like it's just very like them drum core, like Paul is a music coordinator. Like he is making sure the battery is playing as frequently as possible. And for them, like that is great for the percussion score, but from an overall standpoint, it is like, I don't know. The music is a little bit uh, predictable, I guess. So, you know, this is no like personal thing on them. Like this is just my objective opinion or subjective rather opinion objective in terms of, I don't know anything about what they're doing other than just having watched the show, but it feels like another year of this team. And they, there's not a lot of like risk, taking being done with the music composition so um that's just kind of my take and whatever we'll leave it at that um the first four minutes of the show i don't feel finding nirvana it doesn't feel matched with this like eastern buddhist flavor and it's kind of weird um and it's just drum core music, and their percussion plays a lot, and they'll get all the points. Um, the brass is good. Evan Van Doren, who's a longtime Crown alum uh, and vet and staff member, was hired to write for them, and is finally doing his thing. And I think this is the best brass line they've had that I can remember. Like it's clean, it's loud, it's powerful, quality. Like it's all there. Like their brass is going to be top three. I would I would argue the brass thing this year is going to be a bloodbath because. Cavaliers last, uh, in 2019, rather, last year, quote unquote, they got third, right? Crown brass is, of course, going to be in contention. But now we're talking about Vanguard um, coming in there. Blue Devils, not going to be a huge problem. Blue Coats could definitely be in that top four conversation. But it's going to be interesting how it shakes out between the Vanguard, Cavaliers, and Crown brass, if you ask me. Um, Looking at the show for Vanguard, they are visually dirty. Like their feet, the technique they're choosing to march with. It's not clean right now. They had a huge visual eruption at the beginning of this season. Their whole visual caption turned over like after the season started. And I've got to say, what was once a strength is now a massive weakness. And the arranging, the composition of their visual package is so high level, but the achievement of their drill is not there yet. So this is something they're going to have to work through because I think ultimately it connects to my next point, which is that the core is better segmentally than it is as an ensemble. So that doesn't make sense to me when I think about it, like their drill and their feet and like their understanding of their visual map is not there. That's going to affect them from a timing standpoint. And they have a lot of width in their ensemble timing when they jump around trying to trade voices around. Like it just doesn't feel like stable for extended periods of time right now. Um, so I think it's conversation about, where they're at with their lower body is inevitably affecting their ability to like maintain tempo um, and move through time from an ensemble standpoint. Last thing I'll say about Vanguard is they played Nirvana in the show, the band, and it's really weird. Like they play Smells Like Teen Spirit in the ballad. Like I feel like it, they felt like it was a clever move to play this really like quintessential grunge tune as a lyrical ballad. But it's so drum core, like it felt almost like what any drum corps would choose to do that wanted to put that across in a clever way. And it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how the band Nirvana relates to like Eastern Buddhist Enlightenment Nirvana. Not I mean I could make like some kind of connection with that. Like that has nothing to do with what you see in their show, like with Kirk Obey and blah blah. blah. But, it's not there to me. And that is confusing. So when they bust out, so I like teen spirit, I'm like, this doesn't connect with the design idea that I thought would be coming forward. So I don't know, like I have only seen it once, but it, felt a little bit off. And like, you know, for me as a percussion guy, like seeing Rhythm X do the Nirvana thing, and now we're getting Nirvana again. I'm like, why is everyone doing Nirvana? Why is everyone doing Kurt Cobain? Like that would have been a little bit of a red flag to me, but they, they're they doing their thing. They're confident. Like I'm a little too aware of, of that. And it doesn't actually matter from a competitive standpoint, but I think Vanguard is going to struggle to crack the top three. I think potentially they're going to be looking at maybe fifth behind Boston or maybe sixth behind the Cavaliers, I am predicting a shakeup here with the Vanguard getting overall a lower placement percussion is going to be in that top three realm. They've been, I don't know, four seasons straight. Um, For me, it's, it's, it's formulaic, but the formula is a winning one. So it's like if the judges are going to just continue to reward that, because it's so easy to judge them, they put forward everything you need to put forward to, check those boxes and fulfill the requirements of the percussion caption, you know, they're going to be doing their thing. There's not going to be, you know, any like major disruption, but they, they just need to move better as a core battery included. It's, it's evident that there's, there's that, that's a hole in, in what they're doing. So, you know, much love to the team, nothing personal, but, I'm sure they would agree with much of what I just, (laughs) what I just said. So um, help me welcome Rick Subal, the artistic director of Carolina crown here to talk to us a little bit about what's been going on um, both at spring training on the road and just in the midst of the season. So Rick, how are things feeling uh, from your perspective, you know, being there for all the move-ins and now having a couple of weeks on the road. What is the vibe of crown according to Rick?
1: Good morning, Dan. Good morning, everybody.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the vibe is cool. It's very cool. It's exciting. Uh, you know, uh, it's joyful. Um, you know, it's a good team. Um, you know, it's a good culture. I think um, as much as as much as anything else that we kind of tweaked over the pandemic time it's the culture of how we make stuff and how and why we're making stuff and how we interact with each other and work together you know everything feels very team you know and it's firing kind of on all cylinders of team you know everybody's all in 100 percent, both feet in the water from members to staff you know um not to say that it's easy you know what i mean like um There's a lot of things affecting all of drum corps, you know, in this sort of turnaround now, you know, uh, from volunteer, you know, levels of participation to, to whatever, you know, so there's still hurdles, you know, facilities are still a bear and, you know, they can change on a dime and you see corps all the time posting like, hey, we lost our rehearsal space or we lost our housing, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that people are struggling with, not to say that it's a cakewalk, but the process for us has just been a dream this whole season so far
0: when I watched the core um, you know, I haven't been on the road that much did some time earlier but when I watch the core, the, the two things that stuck out to me, you know, I I'm a little bit more analytical with it, but the achievement that's taken place, both. I, I would, I want to start with the visual aspect, but how that's affecting the ensemble playing is, is really, really special. I think watching these early shows, it's, it's polished to a level that's really impressive. And we're not the only ones I've seen a couple groups coming out and it's like, wow, like people have really gotten their stuff together. And that is so exciting. And then the second facet that I'm really enjoying about crown this year is the integration. Um, I think the drill composition and just the, the, the big vision from the top with what you and Jeff have done with the fabric and the way that that kind of narrative lays out, it's really, really well planned out. So it feels like a lot of work and planning has been done on the front end that we're now seeing and kind of reaping the benefit um, with, with how that affects the members and their ability to perform um, in the rep. So that's been super cool. Um, From your perspective, kind of what should people be looking for when they're at a show and they're seeing Crown? What is making this year of Crown like different for, for the audience, for the members? Like How is this different than past years of crown? Um, You know, I mean, obviously
1: you go in every season with the intention of, you know, wanting to put something out there that is engaging and that everybody gets air quote, they get it, you know, and um, you know, something that was kind of special for me this year was, you know, we built a whole show designed around audience engagement. You know, what is that connection between the audience and the performer and how many times can we go into that and how many ways can we go into that where, you know, when we roll out onto the field for our 17 minutes, people go, this feels like it was specially made for me, you know, as a human, not just as an observer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been using the quote, like we wanted to make something that didn't feel like it was being performed at you, but it was being performed with you and it yeah. was being created in real time. So there's, you know, as, as much as it is rehearsed, there's some places in the show that feel like it's being created in real time on the field by those performers, you know, and it's all about connection, you know, and there's so many thematic things woven together about ways to connect um but you know that um when you think about like a from a performer standpoint you know you think about like everybody's highlighted at some point you know there's a close-up there should be a close-up of every single performer on the stage mm. you know, or everybody feels like they're ca- kind of a large part of building that whole mix and, and it's never just weighted to one aspect of drum corps you know it feels comprehensive every section's a part of the of the game um and every section's kind of being able to showcase their best look and their best sounds and their best performance persona. And you actually get to feel them as humans while they're performing. And they're not just doing something for you to observe. And so I think that's what's kind of the most cool thing about it for me. Um, and there's lots of different ways of engagement. You know, um, you can just sit and watch it as it is and enjoy it that way you can interact with the app you can clap your hands you can stand up and dance you can scream and holler you can shout you can call response you can join in in any kind of aspect and I think the show kind of leads people down that down that way where, you know, if you go see uh, a a Cirque show or anything like that where there's some fourth ball dimensional performance things where the audience comes into the stands you know uh, unfortunately that rule still stands where we couldn't actually go into the stands with the audience you know so trying to bring them into the show as best we can is, is pretty cool you know and we've been getting a lot of response from it that way but um you know every everybody's their own person you know and some people want to engage this way and some people want to engage that way but comprehensively across the board we wanted to just make something that was constantly engaging all the time you know so then you look at of your show is, is, uh, is mapped out by the soundtrack, you know, from beginning to end, constant, constant, great pacing, constant emotion, a roller coaster ride of, you know, effects, whether it's intellectual or aesthetic or emotional, and it just takes you on a ride and it's constantly leading you to the next thing really clearly, which is good. Um, You know, I think, um, I think back to early spring training, before we even sat down and talked through the concept with the performers, I could already tell they got it. They understood exactly what we're trying to say. And anytime you put something on a performer, they're only going to be that much stronger with it when they don't have to go now, what is this again? Who am I? How do I, what is this? And how do I do that? Like, it just is so natural. It's so natural. It's very natural when you watch it, how it all kind of flows. And, you know, when you watch how, like you said, how it's orchestrated and composed, like everything is just naturally put in the right place to take you where you need to go so that from beginning to end, there's an experience of engagement the whole time.
0: Absolutely. And I think something that's interesting about what we do and how it's going to reach people differently is, and, and this is the drum corps kind of conundrum, I guess, is the there's still people coming to DCI finals that probably march the first year of DCI ever. I mean, like it's such a young activity that we have the sort of breadth of generations from the very beginning to the very contemporary, which is like our students, the first, you know, the student, the most new student to DCI or a first year member. And I think something that Crown is doing is servicing so many different types of drum corps, audience members, members, judges, everyone, where if you're looking for the high tech, Today, now, innovation, like that's there. I think what we're doing with the app is so different and how that's going to affect experience at the end is going to be really special. But for those older drum corps members who maybe aren't interested or not able or just not capable of engaging with the app side of it, we are drum corpsing drum corps so damn hard. Like Movement 2 and Movement 5 are and, and the ballad are so nuts and bolts drum corps with all of these progressive elements that we're talking about um there's there's something for everyone so I love that um it's available to so many people where I, I think that's hard to do in in our world um so I don't know if that's something that that you were considering is like how do we like bring in as many people across the spectrum as possible. And also, I'd love to hear more about the app and the conception behind that as well. I'm sure that's an important part of, you know, communicating the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, um, as you were were saying that, I was thinking about, um, you know, Simone Biles, you know, she just got a Presidential Medal of Freedom, you know, Mm -hmm. she's this incredible athlete and you watch this, you watch Simone do all of her tumbling passages and you just go, oh my gosh. And then the thing, the thing that most people want to say is she makes it look so easy. And it's like, no, she doesn't. Like that is hard stuff that she's doing. It's, you can't deny Yes. She looks polished and composed and prepared. And you know, she's, she's executing at that level, but you can tell that it's challenging. You know, there's, I think, um, you know, when you talk about atmosphere or um, environmental responsibilities, you know, the the changing of environmental sound, I think, you know, that while that's often um, a scary thing in drum corps, how do we get these people on the five yard lines opposite sides of the field to play together, you know? But there's moments that you that it's actually put on display to so that you can actually see. You know, there's a section of the high brass where you watch them evolve, and their change of sound environment happens so much over like six sets of drill because they're covering so much field space and just what they're doing. That you go, it's kind of like that where you go and they make it look easy, but you but you go, but that's not easy. You know that that is a challenge, and it's it's another layer of demand. While that still you know it's in the performer's wheelhouse to be able to make a look from a high level of excellence easy you know um so there's all all kinds of things like that going on um you know i laugh uh, tony lyman as you know is on the design team and was uh, integral and in part of you know the electronics and the whole you know, sort of contemporary use of the app and that sort of thing, the development of all that. Um, you know, so Tony's in the stands at a show recently opening up the app, trying to check and make sure all the triggers work and that sort of thing. And and a, and a younger viewer, you know, a teenager is like, sir, do you need some help with the app? I can show you how to use it. Oh.
0: <laughs> you know, and
1: he just chuckled, he just chuckled and he's like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. But, but that kind of, I don't want to say a divide, but you know, that level is there differently, you know? Yeah. I, you know, if if I were to be honest and say, when I marched, we didn't have cell phones, one that dates me, but it's also like, but yeah, but now we do. So that's kind of cool that it's now integrated into the design of the show. Um, You know, people ask the question like, well, I want to, you know, it's going to keep me from watching things. Well, obviously, you know, when you design something like that, you purposely put it in the right places so that it is engaging when it needs to be. And it leaves you alone when it's, when you don't need to do that, you know, and part of the larger inspiration for it was just as a as a clear level of uh, engaging the audience to say hey we're leaving this space for you to clap rhythmically with us in the soundtrack we've written the soundtrack specifically for you to make sounds from the audience to feel like you're part of making this with us live or snapping sounds or you know other textural stuff visually that they can do with it as well it's it started out informatively you know like here are informational spots of how to engage in, and interact in the show from a from a uh, sound standpoint, I guess. Um, you know, and then obviously it becomes visual support too. You know, there's there's visual support to some other things that's kind of like, oh my gosh, that's so cool how that lines up that way. There's times when um, the audience cell phones become part of the sound design, you know, where sa- uh, sound is pushed through it and, you know, there's a different atmospheric sound. It, and in addition to them making snapping sounds, there's this and there's that and there's that. So there's, Kind of like four three or four different levels of like atmospheric creation that can happen there that obviously the more people that participate the better you know um in part four as you know you know there's a huge build there's a party scene there's a there's this let's celebrate together humans we're all in this space right here right now and there's a light show and strobe lights and colors and streamers and it's a whole spectacle that's massive and on a huge huge scale that obviously you know ten thousand people were, were down with that and made that happen and we're dancing in the stands at dci that would be amazing it'd be something that we all go man i was there when that happened when everybody stood on their feet the strobe lights were going the streamers were happening the drums were grooving everybody's rocking out and it was an experience that we all felt together now that happens when we go to concerts you know what i mean think of your favorite band there's obviously festival bands there's stadium bands you know you think about that and you go there Um, You think back to, like, the old uh, Live Aid, I think it was, you know, Freddie Mercury call responsing with the audience, people go, that's so cool how that performer engaged the audience, And, and I'm like, well, we can make that too in our environment, you know, like, we don't have to just sit there and watch a show, we can get down with it while it's happening, and so that's kind of what we're doing, is to try to create something special, You know, uh, talking with the performers about that at the beginning of the season, you know, every crowd is different. That's what going out and performing in front of a live audience is like, you know? And so it's kind of their, their duty to really sell it and to be authentic and genuine every single time assessing the energy and giving the energy to the audience that they need to get them going and to respond the way that they need to. Um, You know, but that's kind of our hope with with building all of this, that that in the 17 minutes that we have on earth today to come out in front of you and do this production, we wanna make something that we will both remember after this moment is done, you know? And that's kind of the general theme of the show you know, we're only here, we're only promised this moment, this is what we can all create together, the joy, the surprise, the intrigue, the engagement, the, you know, the fun of it all is kind of what the theme is.
0: Totally nailed it. Drum Corps is so perfect for this because you can feel the power when a horn line or when the full ensemble playing or when the drum line like ripped something really clean, like you're standing in front of a drum corps, like there's actual like power going through you there's energy going through you right and i think we conceptualize the audience experience in the way we would let's say a broadway show because we talk about theater a lot where it's extremely inappropriate in most theater settings to talk engage with you know the people on stage it's very unidirectional in terms of the way that that is structured um And we talk about theater a lot as sort of a parallel to what we do, um, especially with indoor in terms of scale. I think what what we're doing at Crown and you totally took the words out of my mouth were we're going to drum corps could be a concert because and I was just thinking about this. I saw Rufus Dussault, the man center, a couple of weeks ago and their light show and their stage setup it was just like super simple they were just like on boxes and then the lights were just I mean it was it was like a backdrop and then they had like lights shooting out and I was like no one here cares what this is about everyone here is just like and, and it started raining in the middle of it. And like the lasers are shooting through the rain and it's creating like a grid of of lights. And it's like, like, I'll remember that forever. And I won't remember like, oh, well, this meant this. And I think drum corps has so much become this process of like analysis or telling a story or like having to mean something all the time. And I think what we are doing at moments of our show is creating a just completely like visceral emotional experience that doesn't require um making sense of it or or creating meaning around it the meaning is like presence and connection um and your kind of example with tony is is funny because it's like the tech like broke that generational wall down and, and that's exactly kind of the message maybe of this this show and i think this core is is really equipped to do that because if nothing else we are such a power drum corps like such a nuts and bolts great drum corps and and now we're infused with the technology of of today and i kind of want to ask you and i'm sure you're not like equipped in this moment to maybe like fully process it but like can you ever go back like are you do you see yourself going back from this or like because i feel like how how do we turn away from this because this is very like to me, this is kind of a direction of the activity that is more serving to a broader audience. And I think that's, it's really positive. So I know it's like mid-season, so you you might not be there yet. But I, I'm tempted to ask, like, is well, this I mean, the direction yeah. we go?
1: My, well, I, I in A, I can only speak for myself. You know, I'm only ever of course. speaking for, yeah. for, my, for my core, or at least the discussions in the circles of people that have been around. But like, you know whatever the model is of this whole thing, I've been doing this since I was 15 years old and it's changed so many times <laughs> in yeah. that time, you know, not to fully date myself, but um, which is cool. You know, evolution is kind of like that, pendulum swings happen. And it's like, you know, it's, a, it's a call response to the larger world. You know? I think um, you know, like logistically for us, and it's just like, okay, we have this giant stage, right? And um, how can we use it? How you know? How do we keep everything from being like between the 30s and in front of the hash? And you know, how do we use the whole stage? And when you think of props and you think of the massive stage that we have, it's just kind of like, well, they've got to be bigger. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be bigger. Well, bigger is more expensive. Bigger is more trucks. Bigger yeah. is the students having to logistically do this every day and push. Someone's got to push those things up a hill. You know, whatever all of that is. You know, we we ebbed and flowed into that place where it's kind of like okay how is more sustainable you know what i mean i think back to like some of my favorite shows like you know uh 98 cadet stonehenge like they didn't have giant rocks on the on the field i know what stonehenge is no one really knows what stonehenge is you know like you get it but it the mood of it the vibe of it and you allowed yourself to go to a place to say this was inspired by something but here it is laid out as a drum corps show right and, well i think like the more the more it became, well, if you say Cirque du Soleil, I better see Cirque du Soleil, and it's just like they get, they have a trillion dollars to make their shows. You know, we are not that thing. We're special because we're this thing. So it's like, well, how do you take a concept and lay it out into this with these tools? You know, these tools of horns and drums and flags and rifles and green grass with yard lines and five O's and four O's and like. You know what I mean? How do we do that? You know, obviously, obviously it's the dream of everybody to come out there and, and, you know, similar to like indoor, you know, where it's just like, we're going to change the stage. We're going to put down a tarp that's going to change the stage and smaller props that are going to change the stage. But then you look at this giant, you know, real estate that we have to kind of create on, it's expensive, you know? So the first thing for me is just kind of like, well, you know, the touring, the touring model, how much drum corps is you know uh, groups that had to add tens of thousands of dollars to their budget to pay for gas this summer you go how do how what does this mean when you say go back and so i think for something for me like the app it has a certain price point that allows it to have multiple uses you know what i mean and or, or even like in our in in our show this year, the use of fabric in, in unique and unique in certain way. Like we and we still have things that we're adding in this week and next week. But like large scale fabric things are easy to fold up, put into some put into some tubs, and go into the truck and take up you know twelve feet of space. So like we've we've made some choices to say, okay, how do the kids live with this every day, and how do we also still create the large scale stuff? I think there's more discussion to say that giant metal props that get pushed around the field and the amount of them that you need to kind of create in that space like where where does it pivot to a a different direction and so we're constantly looking for other ways to kind of create with that you know um you know what what if there were you know what if there were ar designs where you could put on your goggles and see a whole stage that's created
0: hmm. while
1: st- while still watching the performers march and play and spin and do all that but the ar design allows oh. the field and the pro- you know yeah then they're in a whole world that's created digitally that only costs a certain price point and the students don't have to pack up a thousand giant things and, and load them up hills and into trucks you know so i think when you say never go back i go well it isn't so much like that for me but it's always well, what is the next thing that we can try to do and so as a as a person if someone were to say hey rick you know put on these goggles and watch crown show and look at how all of this uh technology has allowed for this set to be exactly what you want it to be without the demand of the labor put on the students and the cost of all of that and the maintenance of all that and prop crews that have to you know a bus of prop crew just to push this stuff around the field or whatever that is like Yes, there's possibilities there that we could talk about, you know, and to look into, you know, and again, you know, when I marched, we didn't have AR goggles and I'm like, okay, but we do now we have, you know what I mean? We have some opportunities here. So when you say never go back, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, when you design you, how much do you dip into the same well every year? You know, I like to switch and swerve and not get, compartmentalized and saying we only do this kind of thing oh that's crown they only do this you know I like how in the time that I've been there there's been sort of an evolution into different things and try different stuff and you know go down some different avenues and and not to say that we already don't know what next year's show is going to be but you know I think when I look at all of those possibilities yeah it would be cool to make the field not look like green turf and lines it would be neat if we could use technology to do that why not You know, um, I don't know. I think about even in the old days, you know, the larger argument of like miking performers and you go, oh, my gosh, well, you go, well, when in their lives professionally, would they ever have to play that loud as a professional musician? You know what I mean? Like in that space, you know what I mean? Imagine going to see like um, the Dave Matthews band in like Wembley Stadium with 75 to 80,000 people and he didn't have a microphone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we would have. Yeah, yeah, well, and this, he'd be screaming at the top of his lungs to try to make sounds that someone could hear in the <laughs> back, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, and, and, you know, and and, and I love it. I'm, I'm a truest, too. I love exactly what it is for what it is, you know what I mean? Um, like I said earlier, you know I mean? We are, it's the marching, it's the moving, it's the choreography, it's the horns and the drums and the sounds, and it's, all, it's there's a unique, special thing that we are what we are. But, you know, what what kind of things can we allow into that space to evolve what it is so that not only uh, continues to allow to the interest and intrigue of it all, um, but also some of these things actually help the daily lives of the
0: kids. Yes, many good points made right there. And ultimately, I think we should be embracing different ways of presenting the medium of drum corps without losing the essence of it. And honestly, I watched the shows this year and I don't think we've lost the essence of drum corps or DCI whatsoever. Because People are like, DCI isn't drum corps, whatever, like weird things like that. It's like, I am mm, pretty sure that it is like, I think what the students are doing just nuts and bolts is so high level and so integrated and the challenges are so, multifaceted and it's like I don't see that as a loss of a of a drunk or identity and I think ultimately like discussion I'm always having is like how we get more fans and more engagement and I think creating programs that are inclusive like this um in the way that they not only nod to the audience but make it about the audience and getting you know w- the value of being there live like that's such a cool thing where it's like this show is a live show built for live audience members and it's like anyone who's ever seen a a band live understands that difference and it's almost like hey let's get butts in seats like how do we get butts in seats well let's design things that are for live audiences Um, if we want to be a a medium that works best through video we would do that really differently like we have you know in the pandemic or what have you so I don't know if we're always like totally thinking about that like the way you're talking about it sounds casual but it's like these drum corps shows I think to go back to being the convo have been there's always a wall up when we talk about the fourth wall um, so it's like this is more concert than it is Broadway and I think, you know, that that is sort of the future of how we keep the kids engaged, right? Because I think Broadway is very um, intellectual and it's very, um, it's insular and sort of, you must, and, and drum corps can make this, you have to understand some of the technical side of things to appreciate what they're doing. It's It's not as just like, visceral emotional and I love that that's what we're tapping into so I don't want to go on a crazy rant or any more of them but I wanted to ask you before we wrap what's your favorite part of Carolina Crown's show
1: I love
0: it sounds weird saying it but this is kind of part of
1: my personality is that it doesn't take itself so seriously you know Mm -hmm. It, it says this is what we are we're going to have some fun with it. You know, uh, you know, there's a tongue in cheek sort of nature to it. I think that's playful and, you know, whimsical, you know Um, but I, I like that sometimes that it's not like here, here is grand concept that I am going to teach you about in this time that we are together. It's like, none of of that for right now, for these next 17 minutes, we're going to come out, we're going to play along. We're going to have a moment together, you know? And I think like there's an authenticity that comes along with that. You know what I mean? I think that's a I think that's a difference maker when you watch it in person. Is that there's an authenticity that's not they're not trying to be something they're not. They're literally trying to be themselves. You know, even as an organization, as a as a as a team of musicians and, and visual performers. You know, um, so that, that authenticity I think is what touches people. That it just it feels different. You know what I mean? Um, And I think that's what I always love in a show that I try to work on is that whatever came on before you, or if there's something that goes on after you, like that thing in the middle was like, well, that was very unique and different, (laughs) felt different. So I mean, that's the part about it that I love. I mean, obviously, you know, I love the ending drill passage. I think, you know, Jeff's been at Crown for a while and like he's there's a signature thing out there that's uniquely his Crown, his Jeff's acted Crown special now at the end it's just it's wild and crazy and hard and awesome and you know um and i and i just love how the journey of it is it, it's it's uniquely at ease you know I nothing feels forced or like you know you just kind of go with it once it starts once it starts and you make that connection with the audience the performers and the audience then you go on the ride together and then when it's all done you know, you're like man that was fun that was a fun fun time and, and you know and I've had a lot of people reach out to me, which is cool. You know, people I haven't talked to in years. You know, they're just like, "Oh my gosh, the way I felt when I watched that show, I haven't felt that in a long time." And it just like it rejuvenated me. It it was good for my spirit. It was joy. You know, all of those kinds of words. That's my favorite part. I think um, as a performer especially in the world that we live in, you know, anytime that you can make a connection with another human and give them joy, you know, give them something to go home going, man, that, I feel good because of that experience I had with you. I think that's the right thing to do. So those are some of my favorite parts about the summer. I love and that.
0: That That's a, that's a great, that's, and,
1: that's, and the, the course really good and I'm not stressed out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part.
0: <laughs> yes. I think, I think them being really good. Um, really allows so much of it to work you know that the fact that it's crown it just it's like wow damn like this is so damn tight and then you can sit back at ease but I love what you just said I totally agree with you like the experience of of watching a drum corps show like do you want to be taught at in a didactic way or do you want to have an experience that feels good like I just love that and I think that should be um, something we think about when we all design, or when, when we are doing our thing, just what are we looking to come across? Because I think a lot of people who are in this, the seat you're in, which are not many, but people in their respective, you know, high schools or indoor groups or drum corps or whatever, maybe aren't going through the, the the process in their minds of what does the what resonates past this so i think that's really important and i love how you just phrased that in such a positive way so thank you for jumping on here and talking crown with me today and uh we'll be sure to catch up very soon so everyone thank me for having rick subal on here thanks rick
1: bye everybody see you on the
0: road peace let's check out you know the next week coming up when you hear this it's going to be um friday um it's the 11th right now it's monday there's two shows i I just want to check out super quick the first one being dci boise um, just to see kind of who is going to be head to head and who is going to be competing. There's some new people seeing each other. So with DCI Boise, the cores I'm interested in checking out are going to be the Blue Knights, the Mandarin and Academy. You know, Camp- Academy has been hovering in the almost finals realm, but not quite. They've been outside of finals, but I know they've had some staff changes for the better, for the worse. We'll see. Um we'll get an idea of where they're standing compared to the mandarins. The mandarins have been cracking in more and more from 15th and higher. So we'll get a good understanding of like, whatever the spread is in the mandarins and academy, we'll kind of know like mm, academy is going to be struggling to get in the finals. Whereas the mandarins are like solidly in finals. Same with thing with BK, like the blue Knights have had a lot of change. They lost Kevin Shaw and Mike Jackson who had informed their identity. And I think that they're landing the plane on that one. And I don't know. We probably are going to see the mandarins take blue knights, and then we'll see what that spread looks like from mandarins to blue knights to the academy, and we'll have somewhat of an idea of where all those cores are kind of land. I'm going to predict the mandarins in that like 12 through ninth range. Um, so if we see a couple points between um, the mandarins and blue knights, we can be assured, you know, blue knights and academy are going to be working hard to get into that finals um you know situation so the next one i want to look at is july 15th this is the show of shows the old show of shows in rockford illinois i think this is like the worst field ever like if i remember this show as a member there's like a the field is coned so, like right at the center X, and this, they do this on football fields for drainage, but to march on it, you're always like marching up and down. Like it's just wild. So, I don't know if they changed the venue, but oh my God, it was terrible. So, um, show of shows this is in Rockford. This Phantoms home show. So, they're going on last, but we'll get Phantom, Blue Coats, Cavaliers, Blue Stars, Scouts, and Colts. So, we'll be seeing how the Colts, Scouts, and Blue Stars are kind of matching up. My prediction is the Blue Stars wins out out of them, then the Colts, and then Scouts last. And then we'll have Cavaliers, Bluecoats, and Phantom. We'll definitely see Phantom either right ahead or below Blue Stars. hard for me to say, but I could see Phantom maybe being them overall, but losing a few captions. Then we'll see Cavaliers next in second place. Um, and then we'll see blue coats in first. And I'm definitely interested to see the Cavaliers, if they can squeak in a, a brass caption, like I said, um, if they can squeak in a couple of these sub-captions. But I think just seeing what the blue coats are doing, it's so complete. Like I, I struggle to sort of see um, them getting bested by um, the Cavalier. So that's kind of what's coming up this week. By the time this comes out, y'all are going to be, uh, you know, you'll see if my predictions are accurate. Um, but uh, it, it'll be great to just see how this continues to unfold. And it's important to know any of the things I'm talking about. I am sort of looking at what's here and maybe, making some educated guesses on what these things mean and wh- where they're going to go next. But I don't know. And the reality is like, things are going to flip July 11th is early in the DCI season. We've got a full month left, but what I can tell you is these teams that are, you know, solidly in, in box four or in box four are, are in a bracket. Um, And then that next five ish points between, you know, seven, nine and a seven, five, like, That's a little bit of a bracket. So you can start to group them roughly. And then within those groups, there's going to be movement, like one, two, three, four-ish, maybe five, there's movement, you know, and then like four through the next couple, there can be movement. So um, this is not Bible whatsoever. This is just like kind of what we're seeing. So I want to thank everyone for stopping by today and just checking out the show for like riding with me. Um, I really appreciate all my listeners. It's really weird to even go to a DCA show where I'm, I'm a little bit less involved and have people talk about the show, talk about the podcast or express their appreciation. So please, if you haven't, follow us on Instagram at That Dan Ban Show. Um, subscribe, whether it be on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, give it a review give it five stars or less if that's how you feel that day Um, but all the feedback is welcome and appreciated it helps inform how we do what we do here so thank you all thanks to all the listeners and subscribers and I will check you next time